Well, hello and welcome to an all new episode of the Transfix Take podcast, where each week we deliver news, insights and trends for shippers and carriers. Now, it's the week of January 3rd. I'm Jenny Ruiz and I'm joined by our market expert, Justin Mays. How's it going, Mays? It's going great, Jenny. Had a great holiday. I hope you did as well. Uh, I can't believe time flies. It's already 2024. I don't even know where to begin. I feel like the next time you record, it'll be 2025 and that'll be it. (laughs) Why don't we start and get right into it? Now, admittedly, you know, I've been away for a few weeks, but things seemed fairly quiet as we close out our December. What did they look like for you, Maze? Did truck drivers get the Christmas gift that they were hoping for? Well, Jenny, I'd say it was relatively quiet for me as well, like and the freight markets overall. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily the drivers and carriers got coal this Christmas, but they didn't get necessarily the gift that they were looking for, um, with the market not rising as much as we would have anticipated. Yeah, you know, I, I'm curious to know where we stood with the national uh, average rate per mile or the average national rate per mile and tender rejections, especially as we close out the month. Um, let's let's start there. Yeah, Jenny, like you said, like this is really going to set the precedent for the beginning of 2024. And we saw rates increase, but not to the level we saw last year. From December 18th to today, January 2nd, we saw rates increase about 11% rate per mile line haul only. Last year, we actually saw rates increase 15% over the same time period. Yeah, I would say the most interesting thing, though, this year is that rates from the day after Christmas up until this past holiday weekend, stayed relatively flat to where last year they just continued to rise through both holidays. Mm, okay. And Jenny, also to touch upon the tender rejections, it's, it's actually the first time that tender rejections rose above 5% since January of last year. It's been almost an entire year for rejections to get back above that 5% threshold. Yeah, we were sitting at like 3.7 for a while, didn't really hit four even, so the 5% is interesting. Yeah, definitely. And I would say lastly, not only did carriers not necessarily see the increase in rates that they were hoping for, but fuel actually started to increase again over the last two weeks after weeks of decline from the beginning of October. So it's not only did rates not necessarily go in the most favorable direction for carriers, but fuel is not heading in a favorable direction either. Let's say in January, you know, this is supposed to be an indicator month for where we stand with the great carrier purge. And I know we're just a few days into the month, but do you have any big predictions on what kind of numbers we're, we're going to start to see either right around this time or maybe even towards the uh, middle of the month when carriers are starting to pay their insurance premiums? Well, Jenny, I think it's no secret that capacity is definitely leaving the market. It's just a matter of how much capacity has left. It, it's hard to really tell whether carriers are just foregoing the operating authority and running under a large carrier, which is keeping the you know capacity a little bit higher yeah. um, and keeping things moving, or just how much more capacity needs to leave the market to really start making a difference on rates. I think throughout the month of January, we're going to see more carriers leave the market, but not enough carriers to really make a difference in rates. The mm. contract and spot rate difference is still pretty large. And I think it's going to take until the end of Q2, if not H2, to start actually seeing some impact on rates due to capacity. Oh, wow. Wow. All right. So then that's that's a lot. That's further out than I thought we were going to gonna see, because I was thinking maybe Q uh, as early as Q2. But if we're looking at as Q3, that's interesting. Why do you think that? Well, that's what I was hoping for, Jenny. I was hoping <laughs> earlier the better. Um, yeah. But ultimately, I, I think it really is dependent on the shippers out there. Everyone's in, you know, we're in the middle of what we call RFP season. 
where all of your larger shippers are really putting out their freight for bid. Now, the interesting thing is, though, a lot of this freight doesn't actually start moving until mid to the end of Q2. So the impacts for the carriers themselves aren't going to be felt until late Q2, if not the beginning of the second half of the year. That's why I'm starting to, you know, move on to the boat of a market reset, not until the second half of the year. Yeah. Um, and I think what we experienced over the last month and uh, less of an impact on rates through the last two holidays really shows that there's a lot more capacity in the industry still that we can absorb any volatility that we see in the coming months um, if there's no spike in demand. Mm. But I do think we're going to see a lot of capacity leave during Q2. Okay. And especially for carriers that are trying to hold out for produce season, yep. which some experts are saying are not going to deliver much of a market mover. So these carriers could end up leaving them. And like you said, not only are carriers not able to necessarily get pricing power, but the cost of operates going up and that, that could push carriers out soon as well. Yeah, it has to be one of the main factors. But last year's produce season wasn't even anywhere near where it normally would provide some sort of volatility. So it's interesting that we are even, we're thinking we're going to see a slower produce season this year, this time around. Yeah, and to be honest, like I just said, it, looking at just the past two weeks and the fact that volatility was hardly felt, I don't know if we're going to see that boost in rates that carriers are hoping for and holding on to, which you know could ultimately lead to a lot more capacity leaving in the first half of this year, but setting up for market turnaround in the second half of the year. Oh man, well, we'll see. Look, I, I've got to ask you because it's been a big topic on on the news for the last week or, or maybe even longer, but you know, we're already off to a rocky start on the maritime front and there's trouble on both the Suez Canal and previously that, the Red Sea, which is still continuing and it could potentially uh, slow imports as shippers are starting to now move their freight via air, which we know is far more expensive. Do you think this has the potential to cause any type of volatility in the top half of Q1 when it comes to inland freight or where do you net out here? Honestly, Jenny, outside of maritime rates themselves, I don't think we're going to see too much of an impact that would take place anytime in the first half of the year. Yeah. Um, the reason being is that the, the bottleneck is at the origin, not the destination. Mm. And, you know, looking at shippers and the way that they're going about inventory management, a lot of them are moving to the just in time rather than the just in case that they moved to during the pandemic. It's it's like they don't learn their lessons and they're just going back to what it was prior to the big you know supply chain crisis we had. So I don't think that we're going to see too much of an impact on the truckload freight markets. Okay. But I do think we're going to see you know rates rise. They're already rising on the maritime side and for air freight. But it's really going to depend on what's happening out in the Red Sea. I mean, this is, you know, pretty big things are happening geopolitically. And if it extends and prolongs or even gets worse, then I think that the impact will trickle down to U.S. freight markets. But if capacity remains to be as loose as it is right now, yeah. then I don't see it moving the needle just too much. But it could keep carriers in the market longer. OK, well, we like hearing that. Um, all right, my friend, you know, it's time for the regional breakdown. It's our first one of the year. So give us an overall view of where the market sat last week when we were in the middle of the holidays and what's on the horizon for the week ahead. Yeah, definitely, Jenny. Well, taking the holiday weekends out of it, the market was actually pretty stable for the past week. Um, now, going into the Christmas holiday weekend and the New Year's holiday weekend, things definitely got a little volatile. 
that's mainly due to, you know, shippers changing their tendering patterns, you know, extended transits for facility holiday hours. Mm-hmm. But overall, last week, of course, we saw rates increase in just about every region, but they stayed pretty stagnant through the week. Now, coming on this week, I think we're going to start seeing rates fall and they're going to continue to fall throughout the month of January. I mean, this is something that most people probably anticipate, yeah. but I believe we're going to see them fall much faster and harder than they did last year, just because we have a lot of room to go down to where we were through the summer of 2023. Yeah, we can't sustain 11% of an increase. That I mean, as much as we would love for, for carriers to benefit from that, it's just, it's not going to happen. You know, in our last episode, we noted that the Northeast and the West Coast were the ones to watch. Why don't we start off this week with the Northeast, as I know we've got some potential snowstorms that may be brewing this weekend. Where are we netting out here? Well, Jenny, that's exactly why I said it's a region to watch is because of the snowstorms. But boy, was I wrong. (laughs) Um, Over the past two weeks, the markets with the most movement were actually in the southern part of the country. Mm. But taking it back to the Northeast, we did see some weather events, but it wasn't necessarily cold weather. It was actually relatively warm through the Christmas holiday. Yeah. Um, and so were the truckload markets, to be quite honest. Now, of course, we did see an average increase of just about 4% on freight originating in the Northeast. But again, like you said, this coming weekend, there's actually some snow coming and it could impact the freight markets. Uh, now, I don't know about you, but I heard it's supposed to be about important parts of central Pennsylvania, which yeah. is a big freight hub. So we could potentially see rates increase in the Northeast going into next week. Oh, that is going to be real interesting because it is such an anomaly. It could be 11. It could be a foot. It could be less than that. We just don't know these days. Global warming is real. Uh, That said, what about the West Coast? Any potential issues out there with imports? Uh, I know I keep talking about it, but just curious. Actually, Jenny, no issues whatsoever out on the West Coast. This took me by a surprise. Now, I was thinking that, you know, there's probably going to be some potential impacts out on the West Coast for last minute expedite demands. Um, But did I underestimate how loose capacity remains out West? After rising through the end of November, the average rate out of the West Coast actually remained nearly unchanged throughout the last two weeks. Um, Now, again, you did have pockets of tightening in states like Arizona and Utah, but California and the Pacific Northwest continued to cool down, which left the overall average rate leaving the region with no upside for carriers whatsoever. Um, So the West Coast is always somewhere to keep an eye on. But in the past two weeks, carriers did not get any Christmas presents out there. Oh, man. All right. Well, what about the Midwest? Why don't we move on over to that area and see if if this is one of the regions that showed a little bit of uh, tightening for carriers? Well, Jenny, the Midwest did experience some tightening, um, but it's very market driven. We did experience a winter weather storm last week, which brought the first noticeable snowfall of the year. Now, not much ground was given to carriers, but the largest freight market by volume, Chicago, did see tender rejections increase over 6%. But again, most of the markets in the Midwest only saw rates increase from 2 to 5% over the last two weeks. Now, that's still a noticeable increase and great for carriers, but it wasn't the region with the highest increase. All right, we're going to get there, I promise. What about the coastal region? What is happening there? Uh, Jenny, I don't want to sound like a broken record. The <laughs> coastal region followed the same suit as the Midwest. Uh, there's pockets of tightening, but overall, we only saw about a 2 to 5% increase, and there's nothing noticeable. Um, but 
going into this week, I would anticipate the Coastal Region to lose all the gains that it experienced over the last two weeks. Where the Midwest and Northeast, I, I don't think they're going to lose the gains nearly as fast just due to the winter weather. Yeah, that's going to be uh, those that trifecta is going to be interesting to watch as we head into next week. All right, we're getting closer and closer to the regions to watch for this week. So, any major callouts for the Southeast region? Now, the Southeast took me by a big surprise, and so did the South. So, I'm going to actually combine them. Go for the it. The Southeast is where we saw carriers have the most leverage through the last two weeks. Now, the South and Southeast did not trend like the national average to where we actually did see rates steadily increase through the last two weeks. The Southeast, on average, for freight originating out there, saw an increase from December 18th to today, about 7%, and the South, just about, just under 6%. Now, both of these regions don't historically have the greatest increases through the Christmas and New Year's holiday, yeah. Um, so I was pretty surprised, but at the same time, if I was a betting man, these are two regions that are going to fall pretty fast over the next two to three weeks. These are, you know, still regions that don't have the seasonality strength that the Midwest, Northeast, and usually West Coast does around this time of the year. So I would bet that these two regions are going to lose their gains pretty fast over the next two weeks. Um, but I will say, Jenny, there are pockets within both regions that experienced a much higher increase. For instance, in the South, we saw the Laredo market just in the last seven days from last Monday to this Monday experience a 10% increase and wow. in average rates for freight originating there. So again, it's very dependent on what lane, what market you're looking at. But overall, boy, did the carriers have a ball in the South and Southeast because not only were they getting rate increases, but they also got to experience some Pretty nice weather if they did pick up one of those, you know, holiday loads that had extra transit due to holiday hours. Yeah. Wow. What do you think attributed to the flip and what the expectation was here? Really where capacity sits. Um, I think that a lot of capacity did go, you know, not necessarily home for the holidays, but mm -hmm. more local to where they are based out of, which, you know, is big for the Midwest, especially. Um, but honestly, Jenny, I haven't been able to dive too much, but I think that's something that we're going to get into next week is, you know, why did we see such strength in the South and Southeast? Yeah. Because it's not in ports in either of those two locations. Um, so it, it's definitely something we got to dive farther into. Nice. Now, I think it only makes sense that we bust out the crystal ball for our first episode of the year. I've, you've met, you've made some predictions already. Um, but I'd love for you to tell us what are some of your predictions for January. And then at the end of the month, we'll review whether, where we netted out on those predictions. So we got to keep ourselves accountable here. But Maze, what are some regions you're keeping a close eye on and any big market swings we should be on the lookout for? I think overall, we're going to have to keep an eye on the Midwest and Northeast for these, you know, winter weather events. Yeah. Other than that, I think the actual trend of the national average is going to continue to decline over the next three weeks. Um, if I was a betting man, I'd say we end the month right around the same national average rate per mile that we saw at December 18th before rates started to increase due to the holidays. Yeah. And then going into February, I would assume that rates fall even farther back to you know where they were in the beginning of November. Um, now, I do think that, like I said, the South and Southeast have the greatest room to move down with volume also going to decrease. So. Yeah. Again, I'd keep an eye on the Midwest, the Northeast. Um, but if I was a betting man, like I said, if I had a crystal ball, I would tell you that 
10-day rejections, without a doubt, are going to fall back below 4%. There's no reason for carriers to be rejecting freight, especially as they're in RFP season. I would also add one more projection that we're going to start seeing the spot the contract difference break. Not only this month, but more so next month when you start getting awards coming out of RFPs. So through the month of February and March, we're going to really start seeing the gap between contract and spot rates shrink, which is what's going to keep carriers interested to stay in the market, hoping yep. that you know the tides turn sooner. But again, I don't think we're going to see any type of large capacity exit that's going to make an impact on rates just yet in the first half of 2023 for unfortunately but i do think it's going to set us up for a stronger rebound in the second half of 2024. now i was hoping it was the first half but to be honest jenny after the last two weeks i'm really pushing towards the second half of 2024 now yeah good news for shippers they get to hold on to that uh that power for a little bit more which is interesting because i'm looking at my linkedin feed and uh, there were some predictions, I won't say from who, but just that it's going to be a pretty pretty rough year ahead for shippers. But maybe not. Maybe they will net out uh, a little bit better through first half of the year. Well, Jenny, I will tell you, it's all up to the shippers. A lot of people yeah. you know, will, will go against me and say, hey, it's all about the relationship you have with the shipper. At the end of the day, it's not um, through these bidding processes. If the shippers want to continue to push down to try to, you know, again, somewhat call back the money from the pandemic, that they are actually going to push out capacity faster, which is going to make their business a little more chaotic in the second half of the year. Yeah. Uh, but it, at the end of the day, it is up to the shippers on where rates fall the first half of the year and how quickly capacity leaves the industry. Oh, man. Well, we will see where the year ends up. But uh, lots to talk about next week on the show to talk about that, that uh, any attributions to that market flip that we didn't predict. But that said, Mays, we'll see you next week with an all new episode of the Transfix Take podcast. It's always a pleasure talking to you, Mays. Until then, as always, drive safely. All views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of Transfix Inc. or any parent companies or affiliates or the companies with which the participants are affiliated and may have been previously disseminated by them. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are based upon information considered reliable, but neither Transfix Inc. nor its affiliates nor the companies with which the participants are affiliated warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. All views and opinions are subject to change.